Welcome to the Friends with Money podcast, brought to you by Money Magazine, creating financial freedom for Australians since 1999. Hello and welcome to the Friends with Money podcast, your weekly pod to help you save and make more money. My name is Michelle Baltazar. I'm the editor-in-chief here at Money Magazine. Thank you for joining us. Recently, I came across research from property group CoreLogic that once again proves that many property investors are feeling the pinch of the rate hikes. According to them, one in six units have been sold at a loss in the three months to March this year. Forced sales were higher early this year compared to the same time last year. So it got me thinking. We often talk about making money from property, but very rarely do we talk about what happens when you lose money from an investment. So to help us talk about that and share his recommendations about how to bounce back from an investment loss or any financial setbacks is Troy Theobald, financial advisor from RFS Advice. Troy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. So let's go straight into it. When there is an investment loss or when you talk to a client about potentially kind of selling at a loss, what what happens? Yeah, it's, I mean, you've got to help them get to that position of acceptance of the position. And I think that's the hardest scenario. I think of a great example, just, you know, the last few days, we had a client of ours who was a retiree. They've helped helped one of their kids get into the property market. Now we've fast forward to this point and we're having this exact conversation around, it, is it time to accept they're going to have to sell at a loss because we could have bigger long-term issues coming? And and you've got to, got to help them get to the realisation of making the decision because a lot of people will delay the decision. It's, it's, it's not a topic people want to do. How, how do you actually reach out? People that may feel embarrassed, they don't want to share that with, who do they share it with? And from our perspective, you know, those conversations can be quite confronting, but you've really got to get to that core root of, of where we're at today. What are we really dealing with, with a, from an income perspective, from a cash flow perspective, and, and what are our realistic options? And, and sale might be one, some people might be able to get through, but you've, you've got to cut through the Unfortunately, these tough times, just thinking it'll be okay. Now, what are the reasons why someone would have to sell their property? Can't they kind of, I don't know, are there any other options? The hard part, I mean, you have a look at that, you know, the the number of interest rate increases and people are coming off a scenario and I do a monthly radio show there and talking to people. I just wanted to point out to that was that I was doing the research for it and the interest rate cycle we're going into now is actually over history quite normal. The, the abnormal period was through COVID, that very low interest rate cycle, not just here but around the world was set. Thinking in COVID, we all need that low interest rate to pay our bills, to get through, to cover that period. What happened was I think it was the biggest case of probably FOMO investing around the world in history because people borrowed more and more for larger properties, they're happy to take on more debt. And to your point uh, there, Michelle, as they're going, well, all of my friends are making money out of property. It looked like a very simple decision and everything was was swimming along. The issue is you still have to pay that loan back. You have to pay that back after you get to pay the tax man, you get to pay the bank, you get to live and what's left over, you have to pay the house or investment property off. 
So that's the very last component in, in what you have in your household. And the hard part is those interest rates have doubled or tripled. So in other words, someone was paying $500 a month and life was pretty simple. Now they're trying to pay $2,000 a month. And if you had have said to them at the time, they simply probably wouldn't have done it. So Correct. It's, it's hard to it's how you frame it, I suppose. Was it a bad decision or was it market conditions went against you? Yes. Because the property could still be a good property. It's not necessarily a bad property or a bad scenario. It, it all comes down to that cash flow, unfortunately. Cash flow is the key to your house being able to afford it and get through the cycles. And cash flow tends to be the reason why property goes up and cash flow is strong because people would, could borrow more. Banks were happy to lend. Now cash flow has decreased because banks don't want to lend. The cost has gone up. Your cash flow has decreased. Generally, that causes property to come down, but there's not a lot of headlines out there warning people of those. Exactly. Now, I need to preface my next um, question with the fact that this is not personal advice. Different people, different circumstances. But can you walk me through what happens to, say, a client of yours who's decided to, say, sell a property at a loss today? What would be the 12-month timetable to kind of bounce back from that? Yeah, ultimately from us, it's capturing where are we today, what is the cash flow position, how long could we continue to, to ride through this, and what are our options? So if we look at that, cycles do pass. So it's, it's getting them through that, okay, the, you know, we do see ups, we do see downs in, in all uh, investments out there, whether it's shares or whether it's property there. So do they have the cash flow to get through? So that's the starting point. So where, where are we spending money? Are we, are we going out to dinner three times a week and we could be having coffee with friends? We also don't want to socially isolate people. So we're very clear of that the solution isn't why just sit at home and do nothing. You're going to not have that social interaction. That's not a great outcome for anyone and COVID certainly taught us that. So, But the, there's methods of reducing that spend from from a dinner that could be $200 to catching up with friends for a coffee and a walk, which could be $20. Correct. Now, now people go, that doesn't add up, but you do that two or three times a week in some cases, and, and that could be all that's needed. And you know what? We, we just need to adjust lifestyle to get through. Um, other people will could have, uh, you know, we will see a slowdown. And, you know, we could actually see uh, um, unemployment increase, like people actually not getting the hours they were from work in certain areas. Now, that we haven't seen a lot of that come through yet, but that certainly is a, a bit of fear out in the community in different, uh, in different sectors as well. I mean, people in, in property in particular, some of the building areas have seen slowdowns. Um, so depending where people even work, we could have different outcomes as well. Once we identify the cash flow, we know, can we, can we ride this out or... Or do we have a, a bigger problem that we actually need to look at? In which case, you know, it may be that hard decision of selling at a loss for a greater gain down the track, meaning that if we sell now, if we're able to absorb that loss, if we do have other properties or other scenarios, and then aim when the next cycle comes around to actually benefit in the future. Now, I don't know if this, this sounds like an obvious statement, but over a, let's say, a 20-year course of saving and investing, do you find that you need to tell your clients at some point one or two of your investments would be at a loss? 
or do they Absolutely. have an expectation that every investment is going to make money over the long term? And they have that expectation. <laughs> so those two are absolutely correct. That their expectation is that you will win on every deal, every time with every investment. It's simply not the case. And life just does not work that way. Um, look, and some people have that approach and it can work, but but it can also undo a lot of opportunities. Now, we might have someone with a property in an area that's that's been okay and it might even be at a loss and they hold on to that for a long period, but that's at the detriment than potentially buying a property in a better area that has got better growth potential and that, that leads to, you know, not as good an outcome as we might have had. And there might be someone earning, you know, a unit and then I probably rank them a townhouse and then a house because land tends to go up more than a unit, which tends to go up more than a, uh, sorry, than a townhouse than a unit. So sometimes the property that did well for them you know, it might be capped as to, to its upside as well. So even a good investment might have a time frame. How, how do you work with your clients around investing after you've already made a loss? Yeah, so whether it's shares, whether it's property, it's the same. So we call it anchoring in there. And we've done a lot of work ourselves. I've put myself through the INSEAD uh, program there of biases. So that's when you get prodded by academics and find out, oh, we do have all these inside us. So You've just got to recognise because everyone will have a different bias or a different scenario. So some people can can have a loss and move on very quickly. Others will hold on to that. Oh, the property did that. I'm never buying another property. I had a horrible experience again. In reality, it could have just been that property, that location and cycling cash flow at that point in time in their life. That same property could have been bought three years later and done very well. So it's just not getting anchored to those decisions. And whether it's shares, whether it's property, any investments, it's that same scenario of that, that bias is very hard to, to get past in the future because then they'll talk to people who have made money out of property, love property, and I hate everything else because I've done it well out of this. Well, their bias is the other way uh, as well. So you have this positive bias. So it can be positive and negative, that scenario there, but it's just not being anchored on that past experience. But you do know that it's it's very hard to think about that when you're in the thick of selling the property and you're staring at a loss. And, you know, the, just the fact that you've kind of made a, the wrong decision. I know that you said earlier that it's the market, but you can't help but feel like I should have known two years ago that this would happen. It sounds irrational, but do you think those kind of conversations play in their heads? Oh, I'm sure it does, and that's and and it doesn't help it depending on the age of the client and the person giving the advice. So, like a lot of our retirees will go, "Well, we, you know, we had seventeen percent. What are they complaining about? At you know, two, three, four, five percent." And as I point out to them, yeah, but you borrowed a hundred thousand dollars back then, or two hundred thousand dollars. That same house, someone's borrowing a million dollars. So, the only bit that factors in is how much of their household expenditures coming out. Can they afford it? But B, they've also got to pay it back at some point. And that's that's the painful part of, and, and it's very difficult because if someone walks in the door today, you know, you've got a young professional couple, you know, they're saving well, they're trying to get ahead. You look at how much rent's going out the door, they're trying to save for a deposit. And you just look at the quantum of the amount they need to borrow to get into, which is not going to be a super flash home to, to, to kick things off. Mm-hmm. It's tough, uh, extremely tough. All right. So you've said earlier, control your cash flow is number one. Yeah. 
Uh, number two, cycles pass. So this too shall pass. Although you're telling our listeners that it makes sense to plan for a slowdown. So um, before we end this episode, can you give us one final tip? And I know that in an, in one of your radio shows, you said you that most people hate budgeting. Tell us right. about that. I hate, it. I hate it with a passion. We don't use the word budget in the, in the room with people because nobody wants a budget. They don't want someone to look at the 5 or $10 they're spending on this or the other. What we want to work and what people need to look at, have a look at what was in your cash flow a month ago, a quarter ago, six months or 12 months ago. And that's the easiest way. If we know someone's getting ahead, did the home loan trend down or did it go up? If it went up, guess what? We're probably spending too much or we have a cash flow problem. And that may help people identify earlier before it's a bigger issue. And and the head in the sand doesn't work, unfortunately. It's it's being on the front foot, you know, going to banks, trying to renegotiate rates, going to mortgage brokers, trying to get a better deal or a better rate. It's trying all of those things before we get to those bigger decisions. And then if we get to those bigger decisions, it's working through them. And then how do we come back from this? How do we come back stronger? Where do we need to get to so we never have this situation again? Thank you once again for your time, Troy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Happy to help. Before we go, don't forget that if you enjoy listening to the Friends with Money podcast, we'd love for you to recommend it to your own friends or family, or you can help us out by leaving a review on iTunes or the Apple podcast app. You can also send in any questions, comments, or even topics you'd love for us to cover through our dedicated email, which is podcast at moneymag.com.au or if you have any more questions for Troy um, look him up on his website rfsadvice.com.au and he's also got a monthly radio show where he talks more about investing and, and saving up for retirement that's it for this episode I'm Michelle Baltazar bye for now Thanks for listening to the Friends with Money podcast. For credible, independent and easy to understand financial commentary, visit moneymag.com.au. Please remember that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and further independent advice and research based on your personal circumstances should be sought before making an investment decision.